Hello and welcome to the Moody Bunker podcast. I'm Matt. It's me, Chris, and we've got a special guest again, Matthew. We have. It's Nick Dissembling. Welcome back. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. So we've previously given Nick time to finish his ice cream is what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) A little padding. Well, now you've said I'm eating ice cream, I might as well just eat it loudly. Yeah, Uh, eat it Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. Thanks Thanks for the invite. We were just saying off mic that the last time you joined the Movie Bunker was with the Broken Arrow episode, which was a very popular episode indeed, because it's obviously one of those movies that lots of people hold very dear, despite its rating. Yeah, I, this feels a bit like a spiritual sequel to that episode in a way for me, because <laughs> John Travolta is gnawing on the scenery in that one, and, and then in this film you've got Billy Zane I, just finishing whatever's left of the scenery. Um, they're two quite, quite uh, comparable performances. Absolutely. Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, 1995. Universal Pictures is proud to present the motion picture directing debut of one of America's most talented and respected artists. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! Oh, hello, kiddies. So glad you could join me. Your pal, the Crypt Keeper, has gone Hollywood in a big way. I'm directing my first feature film. Care for a little shriek preview? (laughs) For my big screen premiere, I wanted lots of suspense. Uh Uh-oh. Special effects. Sex. Violence. The kind of thing you could really sink your teeth into. Frights! Camera! Action! Chase through the ages, a race against time. The war between good and evil. Come on out, everybody! Time to play! And the final battle between man. I'm sorry. And demon. I'm not gonna hurt you. I lied. It stars Billy Zane from Dead Calm, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, and Jada Pinkett from Menace to Society. Ooh, I love those titles. And you'll love Demon Knight. The The demons are here! And ladies, if you think Demon Knight is too gross and yucky... Thank you. <laughs> what an absolute doozy. All right, my first question was going to be, Nick, what the hell did you make me watch? <laughs> <laughs> one, of the great, one of the great horror masterpieces of the 1990s is the answer. Yeah. Um, oh, great decade yeah. for horror then. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much just this and uh, Dust Till Dawn. Um, no, what did you guys make of it? Well... It's funny you should say Dust Till Dawn. That's one of my notes, actually. Yeah, because I thought it's very Dust, dust Till Dawny. Um, well, I mean, yes. I mean, it's, I've <laughs> certainly... I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, I've seen films with this level of gore and, and sort of comedic sort of um, notes to it. But this kind of brings everything together like that and just turns it up to 11+, plus, doesn't it? It's, it's really crazy. But a very... Um, it's a draw-in movie. I never thought, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I, I just found myself quite fascinated by it. <laughs> For good reasons. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Yeah, it's, it felt like a, like a little hug from the 90s, right? It's, it's, yeah. It, it's got that... You can do bad films and you can do kind of kitschy, kind of crappy films, but there is nothing like 
a crappy kitschy <laughs> kind of horror film. <laughs> I think it's like the p- absolute perfect genre for it and ageless, timeless. It's you know the like CGI and physical effects and budgets increase and these things get better and stuff. But there's there's just something about these kind of nineties horror films that just it just makes me feel like I'm under like a little lovely blanket. <laughs> Let, let's do let's get the housekeeping out of the way first. Yes. Then we can dive straight into it. So. This movie on IMDb does always better. All, all these kind of trash films do. So 6.7 on IMDb, but the Rotten Tomato score, as we, as we knew it would be, is, is quite low at 36%. However, the audience score is, is pretty good. It's 64%. So, you know, uh, uh, there's definitely a place uh, for this movie in lots of people's hearts. Let me just read this plot synopsis. Now, the plot synopsis is going to be... Um, a bit of fun because it's uh, this, this is it a man on the run is hunted by a demon known as the collector and that's where it ends <laughs> <laughs> someone put a lot of effort into that <laughs> somebody watched the first five minutes of the film yeah, yeah. fell asleep and, and didn't want to tell anyone well no because if you'd watched the first five minutes of the film it would be woman gets tits out and murders <laughs> husband it's true i mean yeah i wonder how many people watched the first five minutes and just turned it straight off because it's not a promising <laughs> opening is it really no no it's, it's um, got the most gratuitous nudity you'll ever see in any film plus it's got the, the some of the worst punning you'll ever hear in any film um i mean we can talk about the punning later maybe but it starts with the the, the line you'll know gory cooper That's yeah about, yeah I mean, that doesn't bode well, does it? No. Do you want to do you want to fill in the plot gaps for us in terms of uh, the the plot synopsis, Nick? For us, I mean, you could almost do a podcast on the plot in a separate episode. But I mean, give us a roundup of what what this is about. There's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's quite simple because it's a bunch of people stuck in a, a, a motel uh, that is under siege by the powers of darkness. But then there is all this mythology, which I think is really cool where there are seven keys that the demons have got that they're trying to get the final key. And uh, the key has got the blood of Jesus Christ in it. And Billy Zane is the collector who is sort of a low level, he's a demon trying to get a promotion. And um, so he is chasing our hero played by William Sadler, whose name I can never remember. Um, He pretends he's called Smith, but he's called Breaker. 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 So he he is basically in a long line of thieves who are, it's already getting really complicated. <laughs> like he, he basically, uh, there's a long line of people, and they have to basically they're on the run, being chased by demons. And um, when they die, they pass it on to someone else. And so everyone's getting picked off by the demons, and that's pretty much it, right? And there was something yeah. about the, the tattoo hand, right? Those like the circle happens because they're in like. The, the the basic plot is pretty much summed up in that one liner, right? Man on the run, hunted by a demon. You know, he's after the key. They could have added that. They could have at least added after a key, um, <laughs> but they key. didn't bother with that. Just the key, right? But then there's like there is this whole sort of subplot of prophecies about you have to have seven people in a room for the for the collector to be able to collect the key, and then the star tattoos on his hand moves into a perfect circle, and it's at that point he has to try and find his kind of successor. There's quite yeah. a lot of key admin. There is a lot of key <laughs> admin going on. The key thing is uh, is weird because, yes, they set it up. We, we, we get lots of flashbacks. So William Sadler's character, Breaker, has goes into sort of these little trances every now and again where he, he's obviously re, recounting his past or, or from you know, the thoughts. It's a bit like... Um, uh, quantum leap in a way isn't it or one of those things where where 
the new the new um demon hunters no uh demon well, i forgot the name of the film demon knights. demon knights the demon knights when they, demon when, knights. they when the new demon knight comes on board he inherits the memories of the previous demon knights so in this case you know he he goes back to the christ where you know the crucifixion the blood's collected with the key and then we see a bit later on he's in is it world world one or two and he's being passed that's when he's anointed i suppose the demon knight um but yeah all that lore all that sort of um all that flashbackiness uh is is um is is kind of buried intermittently between in the movie so you don't really get like a big uh, like brain dump of information straight away, you get it sort of sort of fed to you throughout the movie. So it's things start to become a little bit clearer, sort of. Around the, I, really like, I really like how they um, give you bits, little snippets of information. It never feels confusing to me. This film, even though I really struggled to explain the plot just then, and so one <laughs> no. conclusion that I was confused. But it doesn't feel confusing at any point. Like it's it's kept really simple, even though there is quite a lot of rules and this and that but I, I really like it feels like it's been well thought out how you kill the demons is quite quite cool and clever and original a modern version would have you know a five minute scroll and some exposition just to like spoon feed the audience right there would be none of this kind of oh you gotta wait till three quarters through the film before you can wonder why this guy's being chased or what the hell that key is even for <laughs> it's like yeah it, there, there would be there, there'd definitely be a scroll and a voiceover nowadays what is what is it with um, inanimate objects or things that have to be flung from for all the four corners of the earth or to the you know why does there have to be always a, a plot device like <laughs> I don't know Thanos's you know the Thanos's glove and all that shenanigans and then you've got it here with seven keys and it's Lord of the Rings and it's, it it's was, rings what it's, kind of bullshit it's, film would it be if it's just like oh no I'm looking for the keys oh there they are <laughs> just, yeah but why does it have to the left. <laughs> So you're saying that this is the original Avengers Infinity War? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I was been, thinking. This could always... have been the biggest film of all time. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> you can imagine Billy Zane walking Billy around. cg uh, well, he wouldn't have been cg He would have had full-on proper uh, prosthetics, wouldn't he? He would have been, they wouldn't have, none, none of this CG rubbish. Yeah, imagine if Thanos had just been played by Billy Zane in a pair of Ray-Bans. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool motherfucker that would be. Not right. that office straight there. Yeah. Let's let's go let's do, let's dive into the cast because yeah every, we keep mentioning of... Billy Sane and obviously we, we talked about William Sadler as Breaker, um, who most people probably know as Death from Bill and Ted, right? Yeah, uh, and it, it, um, at every turn of this movie, almost it felt like every new character came in. It's like, oh look, oh look, it's him. It's <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church. So yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jada Pinkett-Smith as well. I think was perfectly cast as well. This must have been one of her early roles as well. I think, wouldn't it? This has got to be her best. I mean, she probably wouldn't want to say that her best performance is in Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. I'm sure that wouldn't be something she would say, but I, I've never seen her better than she is in this. I think she's amazing in this. Yeah, definitely. CCH Pounder was a, an amazing, um, I don't know if you would call her a character actor, but I mean, she's been, I mean, as soon as you see her, I see it in lots of stuff. Yeah. Um, Thomas Hayden Church turns up, very young, surfer dude looking guy. Um, I think he was very good as well um sort of running out of superlatives but there's yeah any, anyone well, else anyone else of note dick miller the amazing yes. dick miller who you know always pops up in joe dante films and is just a complete legend and he's super fun in this was he in gremlins because i think it, am I yeah, he's a drug drug gremlins right yeah 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 so the, the it, drunk guy in this basically well wore the exact same outfit just kind of stumbled off the he's actually yeah. drunk and he's just wandering into three different sets <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
well, let's spend a bit of time with Billy Zane because uh, oh. he, he's he does um he does an incredible turn in this, really, doesn't he, uh, uh, Nick? Oh, I mean, he's amazing in this film. Again, career best. <laughs> <laughs> I think this film is everyone's career best. Um, anyone who's involved in it. Um, to be yeah, fair, this... for Billy Zane, that's not really saying a lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, he had he had uh, Titanic two years after this, so you know the two most iconic villain roles of the, of the decade. Um, yeah, at the back almost. He's having so much fun. Like he is having so much fun in this film. Yeah. Um, I love it. He's got so many little mannerisms, so many little little touches to his performance. I love when he is waiting for the demons to come out the ground when he's kind of unleashing them. He's like tapping his foot impatiently. Um, he's just really fun to watch. He's always doing stuff. I think he, he brings something that potentially Nicolas Cage would have would have notched up <laughs> yeah. and would have done would have done with a little bit less uh, charisma because this this would. I kept thinking of Nicolas Cage when, when he was doing this, uh, his turn here. Because, Gaseful Cage. Um, yeah, but this, yeah, Billy Zane's just ultra cool on screen and just thinking, what? Why isn't he in more stuff? And, I love um, the bit where um, Thomas Hayden Church is trying to barter his way out of the situation and um, they're, they're behind these blood barriers, which we'll probably talk about in a bit. Um, <laughs> and he needs to sort of wipe it off. And Billy Zane just kind of like, spits out a sponge yeah <laughs> just, yeah just but like amazing i mean like i don't know how long they set up and I, I didn't know you could do that with a sponge it's it's incredible loads of cool little gags i mean i do wonder what billy's own i like to imagine him you know reading the script for the first time and he turns to the page where he's got like an energy beam coming out of his crotch <laughs> <laughs> like, what the? Is he, yeah, I mean, he is literally game for anything. I can absolutely imagine Nicolas Cage doing this role now, but yeah. Billy Zane brings something to it, I think, and he's quite, you know, the seduction scene, he's got quite a lot of seduction scenes where he's trying mm. to lure the good guys into doing stuff, and I think he's perfect at that. Like, he's got this real kind of sleazy charm. Yeah, he's, he sort of glamours them, doesn't he? A bit like a like a, a Dracula or vampire type thing where he just gets people to, to do his do his bidding to get into the house which is kind of like a a vampire type vibe to it which kind of reminded me of dust till dawn and the creatures and the vampires in that movie and then you know billy zane not being able to get into their church stroke house type thing what it is um but yeah he's got a fantastic line i think he says my nipples are smoking at one point (laughs) (laughs) which usually happens to me after i've been for a run after a few days (laughs) nipple pads he has what he has. Uh, the first bit of gore in the film is uh, is Billy Zane punching through somebody's head, and yes, it's quite it's quite a statement on what's about to happen. Yeah, it's one of, it's one of my favourite kind of gore what, moments. Well, I like the way this this film sets up. You know who the villain is. You're not you're not sure within the first 20, 20 minutes really whether it is okay. Okay, you get an understanding that it could well be Billy Zane because he's so <laughs> so smug about it. Um, but it could have could have been easily William Sadler's character. Um, well, he was playing bad guys, yeah. So he was yeah. better known as a kind of villain guy. Yeah, and Billy Zane's after him, and uh, it's like a t- in a Terminator type role, you know, never not stopping even if the car explodes. I loved it when um, Breaker was uh, trying to find himself a new car, so he gets his flick knife out and jams it in a, a lock and. Gets spotted by the little boy. He just declares himself as a lock fucking tester. Like, <laughs> like, like that's gonna fly. <laughs> I, I really like the fact that they didn't shy away from um, uh, kiddie violence towards the end. I know, I know, he turns into a, a horrible beast, monster, demon type thing, but um, yeah. that was quite a brave thing. I think he you know, <laughs> utterly vile. And the little nod towards the, you know, the reading of the uh, the crypt. 
the Crypt Keeper um, comic book as well and the, and how the pages move uh, or, the, or the pains on the comic book sort of come to life. I thought that was a really interesting, mm. you know, take on, on something or something I haven't seen before in the 90s or anything like this. No, yeah. where, where the, the stuff in real, the stuff that's actually happening in the room and you keep, it keeps cutting to the comic book. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. It's really cool, isn't it? Like, there's so many little bits of invention in this. Um, visually as well, I think that the director's Ernest Dickerson who... Um, you know, he was cinematographer on Do the Right Thing, and he he does a lot of work now, mainly in TV. Like he does Bosch and did House of Cards and stuff. Did a lot of The Wire, but he's got a real eye for just kind of crazy shots, comic booky shots. The demons are useless, though, aren't they? The ones that <laughs> that he creates out of the ground. The one he sort of squirts his blood out from his hand with this like fluorescent green blood, which spawns his uh, demon children, hunter things, which looks like. I mean, I. In my youth, uh, I used to go to a club called The Dungeon uh, in Southampton. And I swear I've seen a couple of these geezers in there <laughs> around that time. Because they, they, they had time to pierce. Have, they've got piercings, some yeah. of these. <laughs> There's a real Camden vibe to those. <laughs> Camden and you just walk down the, to the lock and you're going to see three or four of those demons sort of scampering around. <laughs> I wouldn't kiss one on the head like Billy Zane does, but <laughs> no, no, no. I'm they're, just trying to think. They, the, the, the makeup and the oh, the the, oh, the, uh, the effects and the creature effects are, are amazing, as you would expect them to be. With sort of tales of the, from the crypt kind of backlog of stuff that they've they've put out. Because this so is I one was, of the... um, reading on the trivia that they uh, they originally weren't going to do demons, and that they were having like uh, like people in sunglasses instead, like Bible salesmen instead. But they actually decided that was too like spooky and freaky so they threw some <laughs> money at it to make demons because that was a lot more i don't know palatable i guess for uh than bible salesman so was it going to be called tales from the crypt bible salesman night <laughs> 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 sunday morning around my house uh, with the door knocking i'm familiar with tales from the crypt but this is the first thing that i've watched from that franchise is this one of their first movie outings is that why they make such a song and dance about it at the beginning and the end with the crypt keeper yeah well they they i mean they don't they didn't make many films in the end there were all kinds of plans this was going to be the first of a trilogy and robert zemeckis was meant to direct the next one and then richard donner was going to do one so there were all these big people attached and and i guess this one didn't make enough money because they they didn't do any of those and then they made a, a the next follow-up i think was bordello of blood yeah, which yeah. is I haven't seen it because I just have heard so many bad things about it, and I like this film so much. So I, I they, they basically this was kind of the beginning and end really of the, their plans to expand into films. But the TV they, show is they did like a Bond thing right at the end, like after credits, they kind of say, you know, uh, the crypt keeps will return. Well, he turns up and sort of says, still here, and actually gives you the title of the film that we're going to make next, which never, yeah, never manifests. Called, what was it called? Dead Easy. Dead Easy. Yeah, it's it's a zombie. Zombie in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, um, yeah, never do that. I mean, they did that with Flash Gordon, didn't they? Just never announce the, the sequel <laughs> <laughs> before you got the cast to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess they just scut scuttled it because they had a script and they were building the monsters for the next one. Um, I was just reading a bit on it, and and they just didn't do it, which is a shame um, because this only cost like ten million or something. This was like ridiculously cheap. So yeah. I'm not sure why they kind of got cold feet. Well, there's not much of a set. I mean, it's just one, it takes place in one building, doesn't it? And they, they venture out into these sort of weird <clears> tunnel, tunnels and then decide to go back again <laughs> uh, underground. Yeah. They filmed this film in an in a, uh, aircraft hangar uh, just outside of LA. And apparently they had, I was just reading up on some of the 
some of the shoot they did it quite quickly super cheap and they had some problems with the birds who were nesting in the rafters <laughs> apparently the birds were squawking and ruining all the takes oh that would annoy you wouldn't it especially if you were just you know doing delivering your line about your nipples smoking and then there's some squawking in the background or worse you get shit on by a bird these these demon things that um you have to kill and you have to shoot them in the eye it's very specific um, right yeah because that uh, let's just talk about the gore, the gore because they're that those gory scenes are pretty impressive and I'm i'm not a big gore hound but I can stomach this kind of cartoony stuff because <laughs> it, it is it is cartoony uh, ultimately. But the the gore and the, um, the the viscosity of some of that gore is 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 pretty good, isn't it? There's some great yeah. um, there's some great moments of splatter. Yeah, I mean I'm not a big horror guy to be honest. I, I don't generally enjoy horror films that much. Um, even like Evil Dead Two, which you know is comedy horror, and mm. I think it's quite similar to this film in, in its kind of tone and, and how it's done uh, even that's kind of too much for me i'm not going to pop that on on a friday night generally <laughs> tuesday morning that's, that's when you want to watch tuesday that morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tuesday morning only but um i don't know there's something about this film it doesn't even though it is incredibly gory in some parts you're right it's done in a way that just feels cartoony and so it doesn't it's so over yeah. the top in that kind of tells yeah. in the correct way that it goes beyond being kind of upsetting or disgusting and i think the, the the color of the blood helps as well that that was apparently the stuff that you get in glow sticks oh um, right uh, literally the stuff from glow sticks and they found out you couldn't order it from the manufacturer they wouldn't give them the liquid direct so they had to buy four thousand glow sticks and break them open individually to get that stuff which is nuts yeah because the things you, the lengths you would go to in the 90s just to get the desired color mm. of blood the bad tastefulness of the movies is of this movie specifically is can be kind of um you know, you, you can tut at it nowadays, but uh, it's so 90s. I mean, it's just everything about it is, um, you know, from the cast, it's the special effects to, yeah, as I say, the 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 lazy misogyny of the characters and just, it's it's awful, but well, so we alluded to satisfying. Earlier with, like um, uh, the, the sort of temptation scene. And I think the one you're referring to is obviously is uh, Uncle Willie's temptation where, um, <laughs> so we've, we'd already seen like two of these, right? Where they like, uh, so Billy Zane turns up and he kind of promises you what you want. And he tries to get uh, Jerry, Jerry Line, Jerry Line, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, or Jada Pinkett at the time, uh, her, her characters by offering her travel. I think it was travel. Um, which for very effective M miles, yeah, which for for you know for a demon that's about to destroy the world, offering someone a free um, air flight is probably you know like well um, I'll probably yeah. not take that if you don't mind because there's going to be no Earth. Um, yeah. So yes, we see that one, and then Uncle Willie walks into the room, and it's just full of women with their tits out. But yeah. from what I can gather, Uncle Willie isn't actually fussed with the boobs. It's not, he's not. He's not that way, in, well, not that way inclined, but you know what I mean? He's after the booze, right? He wants the booze, yeah. They're, yeah, they're all he... going, try mine, try mine. And like the, 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 the booms are just unnecessary because he's just like, oh, you know, a 10-year-old malt. That looks nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Pure cinema. it's pure cinema. There's, there's a lot of mise-en-scene going on in that scene. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was one of, I wasn't expecting it. I mean, it's it's... Again, it's just a, another excuse, but if you, isn't if it? You take, if you take the, the, the gratuitous boobage out, right, if you, if you remove that scene and the opening scene, then it's actually not that bad. I mean, you know, the, the, the women in the film, um, 
don't really get kind of fridged out, right? I mean, Geraldine turns out to be the, the saviour, and um, Irene, uh, the sort of motel owner, has a fucking arm ripped off, but still bosses it right for the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. That scene where she uh, like lifts her like stump and goes, "I'm giving you the finger." Is one of the badass, <laughs> and the fact it's CCH Pounder just makes it totally badass. She gets yeah. a very Vasquez ending, actually, doesn't she? Yes, like yes. Really ripped off of aliens. Yeah, her and the oh, uh, deputy yes. Bob Martel has his, his redemption scene, right? Because he's been fucking useless for the whole entire <laughs> he did well i timed it he, he made that fat cop made it to the last 20 minutes of the film which is amazing <laughs> he's so useless yeah and, and he goes out in a blaze of glory yeah which d- d- despite the explosion i mean that the comprom the, the, the building's not compromised whatsoever i mean no. how, how, how many grenades were there on that <laughs> grenade vest not enough <laughs> <laughs> you know what it destroyed the whole building <laughs> I still don't really get that, right? Why Why wouldn't you just throw that at them? <laughs> you didn't need to be there. It's not like, because quite often they go, oh no, the, the timing. I mean, in Broken Arrow, we have, the timing switch would have broken, right? And that's, this is what would have happened. So someone would have had to have been there to push the button, but they're just grenades. Just They're literally designed to throw. <laughs> They have one purpose, so that you can chuck them away from yourself and cause yeah, damage yeah. to the bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe they were just big fans of aliens and they just yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is so boss, look at this. <laughs> got a moment, we got a chance. The thing I thought was weird is that um and it broke the, the wall down for me was that where Irene's character obviously she loses her arm and is initially obviously quite perturbed by this because you know she's lost an arm. <laughs> um but then she has some booze and she feels right as rain, running around like anybody. And then at one point she goes up a ladder and I'm trying to work out how the fuck that works with one arm. Well, I mean, that is a, you can do it. Can just, you? I think it, well, you must be able to do it. Just it wouldn't just... Jam your stump in there. I mean, the laws of physics don't really apply with this film today. Because there's, <laughs> there's a scene where Billy Zane dives headfirst down a trapdoor, which is a really cool shot, but you're just like, did he just land on his head? <laughs> I guess he's a demon. But... You could just yeah. imagine him doing like a, a really sort of... Uh, Gymnastic, gymnastics forward roll and just sprightly jumping up onto his feet again because he's that kind of guy. Yeah, so I've got a quick question about what breaker William Sadler's character was eating in that Oh, bowl. yeah, I wrote the same note. <laughs> I wrote the same note. It's like, what the fuck is he eating? Because he puts tomato sauce on something green. Yeah. Nick, any ideas what this is? Remind me of the scene again. Well, he's basically just been taken in um, they, he, he's being fed by um, yeah, CCH Pounder's character, Irene, and he's t- sat down talking to Dick Miller um, about what's going on or potentially might be happening. No no kind of nastiness has started yet. No, but he's, Cordelia's he's on eat- the table, right? Yeah, so he's eating a bowl. Yeah, he's eating a bowl of green, like, soup, and he puts what could be Tabasco sauce or it could be tomato ketchup squirts on the top. Yeah, and he's just downing it, isn't he? Because he's, he's hungry, obviously. What's but the, is it? Yeah, what's the what's the soup that you eat cold called? Yeah, caspaccio. Caspaccio. Yeah. I think it could well be something like that. Something that's Tex-Mex. Like, oh, guacamole. Like, do do, do bowl. people eat bowl of a bowl? Yeah. Or is it bowl no, no? Get your avocado in. Um, no, it's, this is not the consistency of, of guacamole. This is. It might be the consistency of bad guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have to. But he's loving some... it. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I mean, hungry. It's in uh, New Mexico, isn't it? Worm, wormwood. Yeah, so it's yeah. like a Tex-Mex thing. Nice. So it must be. Something we'll like have to... based, I reckon. 
Yeah, we'll do some research after the podcast and we'll, uh, we'll do a follow-up podcast. Just to, I'm just trawling through the film silently now, so I'm just going to pull that scene up. And, and it's, just, it's just before the uh, pussy off the table uh, yeah, no, joke. I, yeah, I found it. Oh, it looks horrific. <laughs> he loves it. It really, it really does look horrific. It looks yeah. like some, a Temple of Doom. It's um, like the most disgusting thing in the whole film. And in the yeah. way he's eating it, it's just like, whoa, this Words is what this is. Up. Oh, it looks horrific. Um, <laughs> got no easy answers, though. Sorry. Damn. Yeah, well, we're going to have to follow this up later on. Uh, we just we'll, we'll just come back with another like a a companion piece to the, to the main podcast, or we could just tie up these little bits and pieces for you all. Uh, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask, Matt, you got, I bet you've probably got lots of questions to ask as per the usual with your notes, but I've got one one of my own. Is that what is it with the surprise empty fuel tank thing? Um, yeah, this is right at the beginning, and it's not. You know, all films do it, um, and TV programs as well. Um, I've never done it. I've never looked at my fuel gauge of my car and gone, "Oh shit, I've run out of petrol." <laughs> but this happens. But why? Yeah, it's like, a very movie thing, isn't it? So, so is um, him firing a gun at the car, and suddenly the the the, the, the front of the car is completely on fire. Which yeah. Yeah. doesn't tend to happen, does it? When people shoot at my car, it doesn't happen. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. also well, leaves it like far too late to get out of that fucking car, right? He's like, he's there, he's waiting, and I'm going, right, the time to leave the car has passed. Now you're just going to die. And like seconds before it slammed into, he jumps out of the, the passenger window for some bizarre reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's okay, though. He's, he's fine. He's totally okay with it. But I don't know if he's kind of slightly... Is he, you know, does he have powers does he is he more resistant he doesn't seem to be later on in the film right but the way that that happens and he kind of he instantly looks at his hand and it it, it burns in another star and i wonder i thought to myself, oh maybe they're like lives life. yeah 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 i th- i immediately thought that he was he had been infused with some sort of cat dna and uh, when the star disappeared or moved he was it was an indication that he'd lost another life so i was yeah. com- completely going with that in, in terms of the story <laughs> Because well, cat in the motel, yeah, and all the yeah, because obviously there's all that catty stuff. Um, well, not, thought, what do you mean all that cat? There's like a cat. <laughs> there's, a cat there's a cat in the film purely so they can have a line about pussy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. And you yeah. based a whole entire mythology on that, did you think? Chris? Well, does the cat does the cat not like him either? They're sort of, he's afraid of him, isn't he, or something? That sort of rears up at him, or is it, or is it the table? Well, okay, but then maybe he liked him. Then I thought maybe he, yeah. So there's maybe, cat DNA in in this guy. That's maybe how that's, took some of his lives, and that's why he died. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe just the cat wanted some of that green soup. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what what have you got written down in your um, ever long list of um, <laughs> whys? Uh, Irene, uh, C.C.H. Pound, when, uh, when when Mr. Smith, as he is at the time, breaker turns up, she tells him that. She doesn't rent to strangers or short term. And I put down this as a poor business plan for a motel. (laughs) So the only people she rents to is people that are already there, fundamentally. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Then I've got, what the fuck is he eating? Um, So I've I've got several notes about, um, like, you know, he got punched in the face, da-da-da. But fundamentally, there's lots of times when people just do nothing and it really annoyed me that like the, the when uh, billy is cutting himself and spurting yeah. you know, like his, his uh, luminous goo everywhere to to spawn demons and demons actually start coming out on the fucking ground mm. they all just stand at the window and watch mm. ages 
Now, I don't know if about you, but I'd be on my toes. <laughs> I mean, as soon as green blood started coming out, I'd be like, right, oh, is that the time I've yeah, got something definitely. in the morning? And out I, I go. would be straight into the, t- the tunnel to the mines almost immediately. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah, I get your point. Uh, it's, um, it does take a long time to birth the demons as well. It's a cool scene. Yeah, it's a cool scene, but like someone should be shooting at them. Cops, at least, should be shooting at them. And the mean, cops dead. No, no, they're dead by, before then, aren't one they? One of them's dead. One of them's, one of them's dead. dead. The, other yeah. one's, the other one's still yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around for the next hour, but not really do anything. And even like, <laughs> even like when he punched him in the face, he's hanging off his arm. The, the people just kind of either standing there or running around. <laughs> like they're not doing anything. I buy people... that, though. I buy that. If you were in a room and someone punched through something <laughs> coming out the other side, I would just be gawping for like the next five minutes. And you'd be in shock. I thought the yeah, reaction think... shots to that were great. Yeah, everyone's in shock. I mean, this is the thing. All movies do this. It's, people don't act or behave in normal ways because no. you, you, the, the brain trauma and the mind trauma about this sort of thing happening is, is too much to bear. I mean, you know, just getting up every day and going to work in, the, in 2020 or doing anything uh, remotely what would be conceived as normal is, is hard work. Imagine having to, to deal with, you know, bur- demons birthing from your garden and, and you know, uh, hand <laughs> being fisted through the face. It's, 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 a crazy, it's a crazy thing to happen to you. You need, you need to believe that actually in this sort of situation, you could remain carved and you could look on and have a game plan going on in your mind. But yeah, the reality is you'd just be shitting yourself when you <laughs> just <laughs> running into the wall just to knock yourself out so you, you didn't have to look at it. <laughs> Yeah, it's an excellent uh, metaphor for twenty for twenty twenty yeah. this film. I think. Yeah, I'd rather run into a wall and look at the news again. Um, Wally, Wally's character, the the um, postie that's about to go postal, which has a weird little sub story. It's like a mm-hmm. like a, a side quest from a video game. Um, now is not the time for sex. All right, <laughs> there is a demon attack that is going to determine the fate of the universe, not just you and the people in the universe and then suddenly that woman you've been after all this time you know comes on to you (laughs) and you're like well you know now's the time (laughs) better late than never um any time is a good time for wally i think (laughs) he'll take what he can get it doesn't matter i don't think he even cared if she'd gone full demon halfway through i think he still would have finished up (laughs) in her face (laughs) yeah he's a rather unsavory character isn't he yeah, I, I felt quite sorry for him at the beginning. I didn't, re- and obviously it turns out that we we find out that he's he's a wrongin. But um, that's very tales of the crypty. I think is the, the yeah. dark kind of little twists, and um, it's usually the most dark sort of thing they can think of that they do. Yeah. Have you guys could... seen much of the TV show? Never, nothing. No. This is the first thing I've ever seen. I've, I've got to say, of... like, yeah, it's worth checking out. There are amazing people involved in it, like the massive actors and huge directors. Uh, in, like do episodes like Arnie there's an episode with Arnie in that he directed as well as like oh, mixed right. wow. and he does like workouts with the Crypt Keeper and then <laughs> there's an amazing episode with Carl McLachlan where he's handcuffed to a dead body in the desert and he's trying to get away and he's being chased by a vulture and it's uh, written by Stephen D'Souza I think directed by him as well the writer of Die Hard and there's just like so many great little episodes um, it's one of those weird things because it's such a crazy out there show, but when it came out, it was it was huge and really mainstream. So it kind of reminds me of the like, Tales of the Unexpected. What was that? Tales. Of... Yeah, Is because that right? they, Tales yeah. of the Unexpected. Yeah, the people yeah, with the, the flame thing. Do, do. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. It's like a super sleazy version of that. But um, yeah. yeah, you'd be surprised who pops up in it. Some, some really, really big people. Well, I did, I did go down a little rabbit hole on, on YouTube because there's, even on, on this movie alone, there's so many commentaries and so many sort of reviews and takes on it. And there's, a, there's even a making of, I think, on there that's worth a watch. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of love for this and this franchise and just the, the, the schlockiness of it all, really, because it's, it's camp and, and crazy. And uh, even the Crypt Keeper is not a very nice person to look at. He's quite funny, isn't he? I mean, he's got a, a, a devilish laugh. My, um, um, my, my favourite part of the film was though, um, after all this is happening, and like these people that are around Breaker have been really kind of, they've been nice. They've been, you know, accepting of the situation really a lot. And then he gets really angry. Like, so what, do you want to know what's going on? Like, it's a reasonably unreasonable thing to sort of, like, maybe ask the guy that knows what's going on why there are demons trying to kill them. Why, why is Billy Zane flipping around down there? Why, the, you know, why is um, a titty bar suddenly opened up in one of the rooms over there? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah he just seems really aghast that they might want to know why, why it's happening. <laughs> just On a need-to-know basis. And you broke the seal, run! Which reminds me every time I'm in the pub. <laughs> he's a fun character though, Breaker, I think, because he's yeah. like the hero, but he's also really tightly coiled and a bit slightly sort of wild-eyed himself. And like I, I did keep thinking, like, why didn't they just seal one room and sit in one room? Yeah, yeah. It's great. Wow. It's a great question. Um, it's not <laughs> It's not related to, to any movie whatsoever, because if you start thinking about plot points that are completely ridiculous, then that's the issue, isn't it, with this Yeah, but when they make such a massive thing of him going around, and you know, clearly what he's got is finite. So he's going around and he's, you know, I'm going to do that window, but not that one. I'm going to do this doorway, but not that one. It's kind of a magical sort of thing, isn't it? Because they use so much of that blood. They're just pouring it out everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that, that has apparently sort of gone down centuries and they're claiming that some of Jesus' blood is still in it. But Well, he, he top, they, each person that has it tops it up, right? Like when they die, yes. they like... Yeah, but they're saying there's still some of the original blood in there and it's not that big. No, it'd be very diluted. A bit like a yeah. you know, when you when you when you add, when you make a punch or something, if you're having a party and you put too much ice in. But by the end of the night, it's just a watery, weak sort of punch, uh, fruity drink, isn't it? I mean, you've got different parties to me. Oh, you never have punch parties. <laughs> you should have a punch party. <laughs> yeah, which is actually the sequel to this film, right? Crypt Tales of the Crypt punch party. <laughs> oh, God. Been a party. Yeah, it would have been a bit like Die Hard had Bruce Willis just sat in that vent for the last hour of the film. <laughs> <laughs> just both ends sealed, <laughs> waiting till the morning. But just going back to the Crypt Keeper, like, I, I actually, he's one element of Tales, ironically, he's one element of Tales from the Crypt that I don't like, um, which is a problem because he pops up all over the place, but yeah. I find him quite wearing and just tiring to watch. I think his puns, I wrote down some of the puns um, yeah. tonight while I was watching. Go so, Ghost Card, um, I Love Scar Nations, <laughs> and, and the worst one, I think, of the whole film. His last line is, that's entertainment, which, that's entertainment. <laughs> That's... Fantastic, yeah. Um, I mean, they need a better writer, or they needed to get a better writer for him, yeah. It was so, so cliched, his lines. I think for me, because I've only seen him once, properly so sat and watched him once um it, i didn't mind it but yeah i suppose if you could watch the whole series of of shorts and then movies on this you would get on your tits after a while wouldn't he just get rid of him get rid of him get, 
Because they do a weird thing, because he's mostly a puppet, right? But then during the opening um, uh, weird scene where he's like a film director, they kind of superimpose the puppet's face over a person's body. A child mm. something, right? Isn't it? It's, it's... it was it. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's almost weird. like it's like Lord of the Rings, isn't it? That sort of technology there, or special effects where they've done some false yeah. perspective. They could have done that, couldn't they? But no. I, I swear, uh, Jada Pinkett sold her soul in this film because she hasn't aged. It's just insane. <laughs> exactly the same now as she does. Yeah, that. yeah. That opening really reminds me of the start of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, when it's um, oh, yeah. it's almost the same beginning, which is quite interesting because Robert Zemeckis and Joel Silver both involved in both things. So I wonder if they just kind of rip that off. Yeah. And sort of what's the other one? Austin Powers did it, didn't he, as well, with kind of the fake. Was, this goes into a musical yeah. number, but mm. yeah. Matt, have you got anything else from your list? No, that was it. That's all you had. People, people do nothing, is what it is. People just stand by and wait Good. for an inopportune time to get involved well um what, what are we going to do if it's going to it is going to be well it has to come out of the crypt i mean the, the bunker doesn't it it has to be <laughs> freudian slip there uh, this has to be released because of just the, the amount of love and, and and respect it has for from from fans and from nick obviously and uh nick you get a special pass as you did last time it wouldn't be fair to keep it in the bunker not not yeah. in days like this or times like these you need you need a little streaky, freaky little guy yeah. um, <laughs> laughing hysterically at stuff with you, don't you? I did yeah. enjoy it. I, despite myself, I did enjoy it. I'm glad you guys liked it because I, I, I saw this film when I was 15. I saw it at the cinema. came out in 95 and um, Bristol Showcase. And <laughs> it had that kind of illicit thrill of something you weren't really meant to be watching when you're 15. Um, yeah. Especially the first like three minutes. And- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dick Miller visit to the boob bar. But um, yeah, so I'm maybe a bit biased because uh, I just saw it at the right time and loved it. And so I'm glad that you guys have seen it for the first time and also have found some fondness for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, should we play our favourite game just to, to end the oh, podcast yeah. on? Well, we've, we've started, this is a new feature for the podcast. So we go into the IMDb plot keywords section wow. of their fantastic website. So I'll start. There's a few here um, which sum up the movie as you would expect. So you've got loud sex, got uh, gore, church, reading a comic book, interrupted sex, prostitute, woman in a bathtub, hand grenade, black bra and panties. This is kind of really <laughs> female frontal nudity, extreme gore. What else have we got here? Matt, uh, Matt are you on the same page? Yeah, yet? I've got the same page, yeah. So I've got uh, postmodern. <laughs> Postmodern in the bathtub is fully clothed, um, which they, <laughs> they missed an opportunity with this film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that the producers were kicking themselves, but yeah, psychotronic film. Oh, that's Ooh. interesting. Okay. Hell on earth, uh, intestines. That's specific. That's stabbed in the eye. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously quite relevant for most of this film. Yeah, camp. Uh, I think that's probably that's quite a good, uh, uh, accurate word. Exploding <laughs> building. <laughs> yes. Child in peril. And <laughs> oh, that's, that's come up before. We've had a child in peril keyword in a film that we've watched before. I think it would have been uh, The Happening, which we did recently. Yeah, yeah. Child with in our... peril. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last one we'll go with is uh, aunt-niece relationship, because that's kind of just a nice way to end it and not gory. So, yeah, there is a, definitely an aunt-niece relationship in the movie. <laughs> so it's a good... If you want a film with that in, just search for those plot, plot, plot keyword. It's very wholesome. 
wholesome, yeah. Yeah. wholesome way to end on what is <laughs> a very bizarre movie very bizarre. Uh, but a lot of fun and it takes you back to the 90s and all those fantastic 90s uh things that went on <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Interesting you so, guys mentioned Shyamalan, uh, just the happening and just then because M. Night Shyamalan was meant to do a Tales from the Crypt reboot that got announced, I think, two or three years ago. Ah. Uh, and it never happened, tragically. But um, It'd be perfect for that. I don't, I don't know if it would, because obviously the twists he can do, but his stuff is quite, um, I don't know, to use the word wholesome again. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine him getting super on board with all the gore and... Uh, I don't know, like the happening had its moments of gore, like the the lawnmower guy and yeah. So. Is it Jordan Peele doing the, the, the that though now? The um, Tales of the Unexpected. I thought we'd done a TV series of it, or am I thinking of something else? He did, uh, no, he did uh, Twilight Zone. Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, right. It's yeah. Like, this is like the the kind of yeah. The Twilight Zone is the respectable one, and this is the very disrespectable kind of nephew of that show yeah yeah of course yeah, yeah well, i suppose yeah. they've all kind of gone through the years i think it tells them crypt has unexpected and then we've the limits um well oh, yeah what the what's the uh the charlie brooker one? Oh, black mirror black mirror the same thing yeah. right mm-hmm. anthology kind of series yeah yeah just short stories with interesting people and guest directors and things it's mm, it's good well cyclic. Let's get our heads together, Matt. We've always said we could do it, and then we'll, we'll think of some stories and uh, we'll pitch. We'll pitch, and I'm sure Nick will give us a helping hand as well. It's, I've just got uh, tales of the unexpected theme going randomly through my head constantly now since I mentioned it. Excellent. Yeah. I quite like that they, that, they, that they have a character whistling the theme tune of the TV show at the end. That's like a really nice. That last scene is great, I just want to say as a final thing. Um, the scene with the bus. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll wait for the next one. Um, yeah, I, I wanted. To, I would happily watch a sequel to this. I don't think it's too late. William Sadler, Billy Zane, bring him back. It was quite a rich universe they painted. Like we said, we, we touched on the fact that there was, you know, quite a huge backstory kind of interspersed throughout the film. But it did, it did seem like quite a nice, kind of rich feeling world that they they'd created and could have easily supported a sequel. Definitely. Yeah, it could have been several. It would have been a, a good little set of movies. Um, yeah. Definitely. It's never too late. Never too late. Bring it back. <laughs> well, thanks, Nick, again for bringing this uh, this movie to our um, what's the word? Uh, Aces. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, I like doing the podcast. And well, I always like doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong, but I like it when people bring things that I've never seen before. And we've had about a, a good run of podcasts now where um, all the movies, bear, you know, bar one or two, I've just just completely new to me, and uh, and that, that it. It's a good way, even if they're bad films uh, and people like them because they're bad or that, you know, they have a low score and they mean something to them. Um, you can appreciate it for that reason alone. So, and that's why we're here. So but people uh, with true to... love for the films as well. It's always helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you very, very much again for um, the Demon Knight, bringing the Demon Knight to my, to my eyes. <laughs> Total pleasure. Thank you, guys. This has been the longest conversation I've ever had about Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no one else in my life will talk to me about it. So I yeah, some sort of weird film therapy session. <laughs> it's been good to let it all out. And <laughs> uh, so is the film. And if you like the podcast or you're new to it, make sure you uh, you give us a like and subscribe to it and rate it if you want to as well. And we're on social media as well. And uh, just uh, search for the Movie Bunker podcast on all those 
social media platforms and the website address, Matthew? Oh, uh, www.moviebunkerpodcast.com. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Nick, and we'll see you all again soon. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said thank you in a weird voice. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>